Hello, and welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon. We are here, uh, Rhino, Baxter, and I, and we are talking about the lore book, uh, The Pigeon and the Phoenix. This is an interesting one. We were actually just talking about it, and we were we were having a discussion about it, and then I realized that we should actually go live. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting book. It covers a lot of really cool things you know like um one of the things so i i i actually didn't read for whatever reason i didn't read this book when it first came out and i was very interested when i actually did come to read it the fact that it covered six fronts which is uh kind of one of those events in the history of the city that you know we've got a lot of we've gotten more information about twilight gap over time we haven't gotten a huge amount of information over six fronts, um, mm. so that was cool. That was nice. That is true. We, six fronts is always like any of the um, big battles. We've always asked for more of them, and we we've never really gotten too too much from them. So it is always exciting to get more. Yeah, that's kind of later so- in the book. It is, yeah. We've I've jumped ahead a little bit there. Right. I guess we should start. We should start at the beginning. <laughs> we were talking about it before the show, before we went live. This this book is kind of difficult to talk about because much of it is written almost like a screenplay where we have the character's name and then what they said. So it's mm-hmm. it can be a little disorienting at times. Especially yeah. this first one, because it, it has that, and then it immediately cuts away from that to just be regular story again. Yeah. You almost, you, like, like to, to do it justice, you would almost need, a, like, a group of people to play each part. Um, but I don't think we have enough people. <laughs> no, because you'd have to have a narrator, too. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it looks like there's, you know, there's three people. There's three people. Yeah. Dude, it's one. All right. So how should how should we go about this then? Because now now I mean, with do we do we want to read every card? I don't think we need to read every card. Is there anything in this? So this first entry, it's about Saint Fourteen's fire team, right? So it's Saint Fourteen, Marin or Oru, and uh, Geppetto. Wait, no, Geppetto's his ghost, isn't it? Geppetto's his ghost. Yeah. So that's not his fire team. Who's the missing member? Well, there is also um, sister. What is she called? T- Tiv. Yeah, she's not. I don't think she's no, in this entry. Yeah. Say that again. Sorry. No, I was going to say that was later, right? Is in the second one. Yeah, that's because like they're they're working together. Uh, yeah. She's she's off away though. She's like a diversion yeah. so, or so something. Tiv's mentioned in this one, <clears throat> but she's not in this one. Yeah. This is, I'm sorry. It's, just, it's difficult so, to. Like... Look, we can just we can just kind of describe what happens in this. Yeah, yeah give us synopsis. Yeah, you you take so care of is... that one. Are you going to do that? Did you say? Yeah, you take care of that one. All right. So this <laughs> first entry is, um, as Anon said, it's uh, Maranoru and uh, Saint Fourteen and Saint Fourteen's ghost Geppetto, and they are arriving. They're kind of flying a carrier 
to collect some refugees and um Tiv is with the she's with the the refugees kind of I guess guiding them towards the carrier um and the discussion I'm just quickly going through it to see if there's anything I'm missing but um Yeah, the, the, it's basically just the lead up to them. So that they land the carrier and then they're looking around for the, the refugees. Yeah, and the second entry basically just continues on that, except it shows more of Tiv's involvement, how Tiv, uh, Tiv Lucine leaves the tree line with six souls in tow. She spots Geppetto's light flickering in her twilight, her ghost, ghost. So she doesn't actually name her ghost. That's interesting. I don't think yeah. we've we've had a guardian in lore have a ghost without a name yet. I think we have. There's another time that that was... That was yes. Where they actually, they actually said, hey, ghost? Yeah, there's, there's yeah. one other, and I can't remember, but okay. it was about like a couple of years back we had one. It was basically my ghost. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Throwaway line. Yeah. Like my ghost. So they're all working together trying to save people, you know. It's it's just going along like that. It there's there's a lot of words to talk about a very short scenario, but in this in the second entry, uh the uh so something does actually happen. Uh Hal's ring from the brink, fallen step into the clearing, Marin racks the repeater, come on then. The carrier engine fires. It roars bright, bellowing flame, a beacon, a wish. Cacophony sounds in the distance, splitting heated bends through the, ca- the canopy pine as a screaming red shell tears through the clearing. The carrier is annihilated. Tiv shatters. Her body skids across the grass in ruin. Deafening shock breaks the night. In it, one lone call. Spider tank. So, these people that they were trying to save, they just got ambushed by some fallen... Which, that's got to suck. Yeah. yeah. But meanwhile, Saint-14's there, and he's on his way, so... Mm. He's, he's got the he's got the their, the bubble up, ready to defend. Everybody's going to get on the carrier. Mm-hmm. So it's like a rescue. Well, the carrier's gone. <laughs> no, no. The, uh, at, this, yeah. at this point, all of the, the six refugees are dead. Yeah. They got annihilated. Point. So did the refugees actually die right then? Well, I mean, that's... They that tried to get away. The carrier is annihilated. Oh, they yeah. were on the... Is you're roboting. Yeah. Hmm. That is what we were saying, though, but you are roboting. <laughs> Uh-oh. No robot. Yeah. So that, yeah, so let me just... There is a line. Yeah, and then Saint looks at the twisted scar where the carrier had been. They are gone. So, yeah. like, he's he's very upset about this situation. Mm. So then, the, the the third entry is mainly about them, you know, fighting. I guess fighting for their survival, but yeah. you know, uh, killing the 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 fallen that ambushed them. Yeah, Marin takes the distraction. He distillates at all his will, all the light he can muster into one point. Color drains around him, and the point grows dark. He casts it from him, a pale iridescence that rips endlessly into itself. The sphere of void strikes the walker true, twisting the crumpling metal into oblivion. Not one fallen remains. They stand alone in the wreckage. His, like, 
I, I know we, I know, yeah, I know that we <laughs> as the players have dealt with spider tanks like a lot. We're like, yeah, whatever. It's a spider tank. It's it's really easy to avoid. But like in the actual like lore of everything, when you see a spider tank, that's like a big deal. They are not easy to take out. They are dangerous to go against. People are probably gonna die. Like people did die in this situation. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it's kind of it's one of those things that like I, I I will there's a lot of there's a lot of times in the in the law where there are threats that we might not really think of as threats but mm -hmm. actually they're, they're pretty serious and like even you know the the whole um, the great disaster on the moon might mm -hmm. not seem like such a big deal like you know we we killed. Crota, you know, like that. There's so many things that that we've achieved that make that seem like, oh, maybe it wasn't such a big deal, but it, but it was a big deal. It's just the, you know, we have the. Like, 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 for one thing, we've had a lot more experience than most of the guardians at mm -hmm. this point. You know, we've kind of we've kind of been fortunate and built up through all these different steps, and yeah. we've also got the, the um. Like the knowledge of previous guardians, in like you know, in terms of being able to understand how to, you know, using Crota as an example, like w without the experiences of Eris and Toland, mm -hmm. we, we wouldn't have been able to achieve that. Basically, um, think about any place that you need to be revived. You can't just respawn. If you die there, that's it. You're out. That's 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 how the actual guardians in the lore have to deal with everything so there are these yeah. situations here and i mean it's not even just that like they're enough force like i'm positive the strike from a spider cannon would be enough force to kill you and if your ghost was on your person which it most likely was also your ghost you know like there's all these times that we just because we're playing a video game and it wouldn't be fun if the game was like you're done no more. Start over. You can pick a new player and go off Perfect again. Count. Yeah, yeah it w no one would want that. Or some people would want that for the challenge of it, but the majority of people wouldn't want that. But that's what the characters and the stories are living. So it's it's kind of... You have to like, like keep that in the back of your mind when you read things like this, where it's like, what do you mean? Who cares? It's so easy to survive and do it again. No, like there's no revives for these people. They're they're out. Yeah. Yeah, and like uh, I do not know how to pronounce that name. Eganator uh, says dregs eating children a real threat. Like also that that's not something that we see in the game. Imagine how freaked yeah. out about falling you would be if you just saw them tearing into a kid. Yeah. Somebody brought that question up. I think it was uh, uh, Lazy Summerstone brought mm -hmm. that up. I think he yeah, he asked what to fall and eat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, mean, I was thinking, whatever. like, okay, so they need the ether to sustain life, but... That's more like an like oxygen, eating? isn't it? Yeah, well... Well, I think it's more than... I don't know. There's, there's stuff... I think there's more to it than, than just that, right. but yes. But then they just what eat kids for fun? I guess. Like we eat ramen. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think they probably you know um, 
not the, not to defend the eating of children, but I think they were probably so you support it, and maybe maybe <laughs> they were maybe they didn't have enough ether. I don't know. I hmm. guess we don't really know exactly what ether does. Like, does Maybe it does where it sustain ether you? Comes Is it from. just like oxygen? I don't know. No, yeah, no, that's pretty mysterious. And then you have the servitors, like they create the ether for the mm -hmm. fallen. But where does that come from? Well, there's a, there's a there's that one, um, you know the the uh, I think oh. it's the heroic version of the servitor event, public event. Hmm. Where when you complete it, there's like a line from from Ghost that says something like, "Oh yeah, the the servitor like annihilated all of." Or maybe it's not the not not the not the heroic one. It's the non-heroic one where it says something like, "The servitor annihilated all of the dregs to create ether" or something like that. I remember something huh. like that happening. When was that? That wasn't a public event. Was it the the Devil's Lair strike in Destiny One? Was there some mention of that? They yeah, the servitor did that to them. Remember that? It was, yeah. Sepix like sucked the ether out of them to like get stronger. Maybe not out of them, but out of their tanks. Right. But also, but then that would just be like, give me my ether back. In um the Prison of Elders, you remember that boss, the servitor boss? They kind of did something, mm -hmm. or was it the servitor boss or the the other guy? There were there were there were there were fallen who were like Archon assistants that would sacrifice themselves to empower I think it was the servitor boss. Hmm. Oh yeah. That was uh Was that the servitor boss? Pretty sure. It's been so long since I've played yeah. Prison of Elders. <laughs> I don't even think I played Prison of Elders to be honest. Like every boss? Mm. Probably not. Yeah, uh, Prison of Elders wasn't my favorite yeah. uh, activity. Hmm. It's, it had its moments. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Super fun doing a whole activity to get not a reward. <laughs> <laughs> I got some pretty good stuff from Prison of Elders. I didn't get a single gun. Oh, that's sucks. you know those yeah. guns that you were supposed to be able to get. I didn't get a single freaking mm. one. <laughs> oh wow! After two or three runs, I'm just like, I'm over this. So the fourth entry, though, this yes. is where this. So the book is the pigeon and and the phoenix. The so pigeon is Saint fourteen. Well, the third entry ends with them defeating the fallen. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, they stand alone in the wreckage. Okay. Yep. So the pigeon, Saint Fourteen, the Phoenix, Osiris. And uh part four here, or four, Moths to the Flame Part One kicks off the beginning of Osiris and it has Osiris meditating. Um he's trying to because Osiris' whole deal has always been why do guardians get chosen? And we've known that he's had that that thought and that question, but we've never actually seen a moment where he is enacting on that that question you know like doing anything about it it's always just been like why and you you <laughs> didn't know if it was like an actual thing that he cared about or if it's just, just something that he tossed out and in these these next couple entries it really um shows that he asks uh, uh sagira 
Osiris clenches his jaw. He feels himself standing in the wide shallows, gaping at an unrecognizable prof- profundity. If Why did you choose me? Osiris's voice is hollow. He flattens the palm for Sagira to perch. And so, like, it really bothers him that he was even chosen as a guardian. And Sagira says it's because uh, you have a spark. Her voice is warm. The fire pops. A spark? Frustration lines his face. The world is dying over and over again. So are you. I dragged you back. Sagira allows Osiris's hand to cradle her shell. I raised you until you could stand on your own. You'll do the same for them in your own way. And so it's, it kind of shows a little bit of the philosophy behind mm-hmm. um, why a guardian is chosen. Yeah. And then I, I like the next line because it kind of, it's a, it's a theme that's repeated throughout Osiris's um, kind of role in this book, which is that I, I don't have your patience, Sagira. Mm. Um, and that's, that's something that, that comes up a few times. I'm really actually interested, Matt uh, Matt Grundy, why you thought the Phoenix was Aldrin. That That's something I have not heard. Like, Osiris is very abundantly the Phoenix, you know? He's the fire flames and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I did wonder that. I mean, I know, uh, yeah, I, I, I was wondering if there was something that I, that I might have missed. Yeah. Um, but definitely in relation to this book, I think if you're looking at who's the pigeon and who's the Phoenix, based on the contents of the book... I think mm-hmm. it's pretty, you know, we we already associate uh, Saint Fourteen with the the pigeon and and Osiris with the phoenix, so I think that just kind of cements that. Shax also has uh, binary phoenix armor, which yeah, is kind of does. interesting. Yeah, that ah. iconography comes <laughs> up several times in the game. Mm. I mean, even on uh, warlock armor, there is a. <laughs> couple of the, but those are those are like hidden little gems mm. but then i guess that has to do with the sun singer class too yeah and so there's like there's the binary phoenix where the two phoenixes fight one another to get stronger and that's like a whole motif and then there's the the phoenix rising from the ashes uh iconography for the sun singer uh, warlock class but what's weird about that is that sense of radiance and we haven't gotten it since we haven't gotten it back since d1 where you can you know self-revive thank god (laughs) (laughs) but that's but that's very much the whole what was it the whole part of d1 with the warlock you know the being able to revive yourself after death yeah and there was all there was always a um you know kind of rumor i guess i don't know if that's the right word but there was this this belief that um osiris was always in radiance yeah i remember that yeah Yeah. which is a cool idea you know and i think to an extent that's that's kind of true in that you know like he has all of his uh reflections is it reflection is that the word yeah you know like and they're all you know when, when you see them in um curse of osiris you know curse of osiris the comic curse of osiris is the game the dlc (laughs) but actually where did that rumor start because now that you're reminding me it it was uh, it was in d1 we looked it up but i believed it too um there was a line where osiris is described being illuminated in light or something like that but like always (laughs) 
No, it was just how people couldn't even see him because he was always so bright. Something like that. Was that the the card where he was with Eris at the reef? Well, that one, I don't think that one mentioned Radiance specifically, but it Mm. does say that that Eris flinches to look at um, At his light or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so we always had this... Well, we always had this belief that he was stuck in time trying to rectify uh, the timeline in a perpetual state of radiance because his ultimate goal was to correct the timeline that he had somehow uh, been uh, consumed by. Because we, I don't know that before, I mean, before D2, we didn't really have much Osiris information. And so everything that we had to go off of was very much related to um i mean he's everywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah he's in the darkness you know he's i mean like he's really you know his lore comes in just all these little pockets but everywhere i mean all the way into the to the hell mouth he's mentioned all the way into uh, mercury he's mentioned mm-hmm. all the way i mean even on venus there was a mention so it's like how do we you know how do we describe osiris he was always everywhere it's crazy how like some random random thing that someone could have said back then and it just has like everyone believe it like osiris is always in radiance everyone knows this (laughs) yeah yeah well it's a great thought like it was a cool idea to think that he had to stay in radiance to keep the timeline from collapsing somehow i've never heard it to that extent i've just heard it he's just walking around on fire (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) I mean, like, you know, Tolan was actually really good with Radiance. He went to Mercury, and he was so hot that the solar winds cooled him. Ooh. I mean, that's what he says, but... <laughs> yeah. Tolan says a lot. I would, I would love to see, like, comic strips of, like, this excerpts from lore like that, where it's, like, Tolan... Because, uh, like, that's, that's from something that Tolan said. He was like, I went to Mercury and the solar winds cooled me. But I'd love to see a comic strip where he's, like, on Mercury, in radiance, and then the winds hit him. He's like, oh, my God, I'm getting the hell out of here. It's too hot. And he just, like, leaves. But he, he doesn't want to tell anyone huh. that oh, he see. that he was, like, burned by the solar winds. He's like, oh, no, it was so hot that it cooled me. <laughs> that's that's how good I am at radiance. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I meant to do that. Yeah. <laughs> He's that guy. I I meant to to become uh, <laughs> consumed by the oversoul. Yeah. Yeah. It was always a strategy. He was like, Yeah. You you still want your mortal body? You you idiot. <laughs> what do you want that for? So you can pick things up. <laughs> you loser. You know this. This makes me worried. I don't want to meet Ulan Tan because isn't he dead? You know, so, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just don't want to see him in the game at all now. But he's dead. <laughs> of course, you're not going to see him. But, well, but I mean, Sam Fourteen was dead. No. Yeah. I mean, he was technically dead. No, he wasn't. Uh, it is no. It is different. Well, he was never dead. dead. He was. He was dead in the Infinite Forest, and he was dead um, to us. You're dead with <laughs> me. Ever since the griddle muffin discussion. I mean, Ulan Tan was buried. Alive? Is yeah. that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah. I mean that like 
Sin fourteen was also buried. We saw his. Well, he was not part. buried. He was he was, he was levitating. He was the opposite of buried. <laughs> Goodness he gracious. was, but he was underground. He was in a a cavern. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he Aldrin may have been floating, but he was floating in a tomb. And Aldrin was dead. Yeah, Aldrin was. Aldrin is dead. Yeah. He's still dead. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, I mean, like his body's moving, but that's not him. <laughs> He's undead. No. But I mean, he's he's dead, and you know, like like obviously, before the collapse, our guardian was a person who went about their lives. Let's say they were called Frank. Let's just <laughs> say that they were called Frank, right? Frank is dead. <laughs> you heard it here first. Wow. I don't know why you just had to go and kill Frank like that, but all right. And no, it kill wasn't Frank. me. The darkness killed Frank. That's what they all say. <laughs> Actually, no, Frank, let's say let's say Frankie. Frankie's who who commit this murder? It must have been the gods. The gods. Wow. Guys. Okay, so where were we? Monster Flame, Part Two. Yeah, uh, Osiris is about to get ambushed, and so actually. I want to actually talk about that. So someone, uh, Sagira says, someone's coming, her voice sharp. Conceal me, his serene. Sagira dissipates as Osiris closes his palm. He dims. So he was just like doing the whole glowy bit there. Baby. How long, how long has he been a guardian that he's already doing? He's like, oh, what's this ability? No one else does this, but I got it. Well, like, but he, from he, the does, he does loads of things that like nobody else can create reflections. That's what I'm saying. He's doing. No, no, I, I know. I'm just saying, like, regardless of what's going on here, even today, after all of the stuff that's happened, but he still I, does stuff I had assumed, guy. I had assumed the reflections were a byproduct of the infinite forest, yes. whereas this is so early on. There's no way. It's like he just yes. woke up and he's just making reflections, and I'm saying that's well, insane. I, I had, I had wondered that as well, but like even if even you know like if it was his uh, reflections at six fronts, I mean he, I suppose he could have been at the infinite forest by that point. But yeah. He, he, even so, like it it seems as though he's just doing things that other people can't do. That bothers maybe me. Maybe it's yeah, maybe it's like some Back to the Future crap. Speaking of Back to the Future. Let's talk about this next entry. Okay. <laughs> Not sure how that's related, but yeah, let's <laughs> do it. So in this next one, it's the people that are ambushing Osiris. And there is something crazy in this entry that I just wanna I just wanna get into. Oh yeah. So Oh we okay, yeah. Basically right off the bat there he the this warlord typed oh yeah warlord reich comes in and he's like mm-hmm. you're on my land you're burning my wood that's stealing that's an arm and if you don't understand what i mean by him saying that's an arm he then later says it's your arm or your life as in i'm going to cut your arm off or i'm going to kill you <laughs> Those are the rules. Those are the yes. rules. Those are the rules. That seems, seems reasonable. Talk about I mean, dark ages. 
But it's interesting as well because, like, it seems from what we know about the Dark Ages, like, this is this is Warlord Reich's rules. And there's something kind of amusing about somebody coming over and saying those are the rules yeah. when, like, you invented the rules. Like, <laughs> I don't make them. I only. I, make I don't them. make the rules. Those are the rules. But also, I do make the rules. Okay. <laughs> Man. What is he doing with all these arms? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he doesn't have very many. Um, very you don't think few so? Rule breakers. Yeah. <laughs> um. But and, and actually, it's only it's only the burning burning his wood, that's an arm. Yeah. Uh, drinking his milkshake, that's a leg. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, well, he cost an arm and a leg to stay with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Drinking his milkshake. I went to this great bed and breakfast, but it cost me an arm and a leg. Yeah. But I'm punch. Osiris wasn't happy about this. This guy coming in and say that's stealing. That's an arm. Osiris actually replies, given immortality, and all you can think to do is grab at what's around you. What a waste. So Osiris immediately is like, Warlords are fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> like look at these yeah. look at these chumps. And that's another thing that's mentioned a couple of times in this book around like wasted potential. Mm-hmm. Like 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 Osiris mentions a couple of times like he 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 hates wasted potential. Yeah. So now what I want to ask you is do you think Warlord Reich is actually a risen? Uh yes. You think he was legitimately a risen a risen? I I I do because otherwise certain things in this card don't make sense. However, I also question that because if he was then other things in this then don't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it makes sense for Warlord Reich to just be a guy who was capable of grabbing at power, right? Right. Be- because but, think but... about that, though. He he he's he's arisen, and he sees Osiris. And do you think he he knew Osiris has arisen, or do you think he was like Osiris is just a person? Because in my mind, he knows Osiris has arisen. He knows okay. that Osiris will come back, and that's why taking an arm. It's like that's just to hurt you, you know. Okay. You can come back. You'll get your arm back. Right. I, oh, I, I didn't. I didn't read it that way. No. But uh, but I, I see what you're saying. I I I I took it as being like this guy is like, oh, who's this guy in my wood, burning, burning, burning stuff? Like this is my forest. Let's go get his yeah. arm. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. I thought maybe the warlord just was like, who's this nobody mm. up in my business? I'm gonna take and, his and that was also, you know, the fact that Sagira was hiding yeah. makes me think that Osiris wanted him to believe that as well. But yeah. so then Warlord Warlord Reich says, I have half a dozen guns at my back, saying, I have all these guns to enforce mm-hmm. my rule. Mm-hmm. And then Osiris replies, I have a spark, which is a throwback. Mm-hmm. Um, 
flame engulfs Osiris, erupting down, erupting into wings that cast back the shadows of the night. A white hot blade exp- extends from his hand. In one swift motion, Osiris cuts the warlord down into a sizzling heap and snatches his stunned ghost from the air. His gaze shifts to the people to catch sight of their backs as the lot retreat. I need to get glasses. Retreat into the woods. His attention snaps to the ghost. And so Osiris is very unhappy right now. Why this man? Yes. Osiris douses his flame. Get off me. Sagira compiles herself back into existence. You, sister, help. Okay, hey. He's not going to hurt you. Talk to me. Pretend like he's not there. Sagira aligns herself directly in front of the ghost. Their irises lock and twitch erratically in sequence. Oh, let him go. Osiris releases. The ghost dissipates. Sagira, he needed someone strong a fighter nothing more sagira pauses the traveler was wounded when it created us that pain echoes some of us make choices we shouldn't some of us are scared the process isn't streamlined and just to kind of cut to the end yeah 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 uh he osiris asks where will he go and she says to reunite with the traveler to find someone new someone better which to the current point in time right now, when a guardian, when a ghost loses their guardian, that's the end. They have one guardian they can choose, yes. they can revive, and that's it. There's no second guardians. Yeah, we don't know of any instance where a ghost can pick a second guardian. And maybe that's just being naive. Maybe it was yeah. believed a ghost can revive whoever. Yeah. It seems odd that a ghost would say that, but maybe even they thought that. But that's another reason why I think Rake was a human. He seemed extremely unprepared for Osiris to 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 go into Dawnblade on him. You know, he's like, I have guns. Right. And Osiris is like, I have my super. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so wouldn't it be Egan Egan says, What about Jaron Ward? Mm. Which has been something that we've discussed before and um so the the writer of that story john goff um was on the show before um there is another card i can't remember the name of the card confessions of hope confessions of hope part one and two from ghost stories so um it is implied and john goff has pretty much come right out and said said it that Shane Malfa and Jaron Ward don't share the same ghost. Yeah. Um, yeah. On our on our show, he kind of strongly implied that, but then he was on uh, Focus Fire Chat. Yeah, Focus Fire Chat, yeah. and said that um, it, it's not the same person. So just it's not the same ghost. To explain Confessions of Hope. So it's not just like half an answer. In Confessions of Hope, a child, like a a one-year-old, died. And the ghost revived the child. And then the ghost sacrificed itself so that the people, including the child, could make it to safety. That child is believed to have grown to Shin. um, At which point, Jaren dies. Jaren's ghost looks after Shin. And if you were to actually go back, and I, I suggest you do, if you go back and you read all the last word cards, you'll notice Jaren's ghost inspects Shin. Jaren says that Shin is special. Dredgen Yor says that Shin is special. They understand something about Shin that Shin doesn't understand himself. So there's, from the very beginning, there's been implication that Shin wasn't just a normal human. 
And then at the very end, this normal human just pops a golden gun into Dredge and Yor and kills yeah. him. Well, yeah, that wasn't my interpretation of, of how things that have my original that wasn't my original interpretation of how it worked out um but regardless of how i interpreted it um john goff has has pretty much confirmed this at this point so although he also did just a you know for a full answer uh of it he did say that's what he (laughs) that's kind of what his intentions are until it's in the game it's not canon and while he might not say, and this is Shin, the end, it's absolute, someone else might come in and decide, I want to talk about Shin too. And I'm going to say that Shin yeah. became a guardian through Jaren Ward's ghost. And at that point, it's out of his hands. Yeah. That's one of the things I, I'm always very cautious about mm. taking what authors say. Uh, because, the, you know, I, I think it was... Um, uh, Seth Dickinson went mm-hmm. on the on the the, the uh, Destiny Ghosts Ghost story interview that he did uh, said something that that really stuck with, and I, I probably mentioned it before, which is that you know once a, when an author is writing a piece of work, once they've published, it's kind of they've they've let that work go, mm-hmm. and it, they they don't really get to choose how it's interpreted or or or, or what what people take out of it, um, so. To an extent, I, I think it's important, especially given how many writers work on Destiny and, and how many people are involved and how many, you know, that there are lots of things that, that, that we know that Seth Dickinson have submitted and, and then they've been changed in some way before they've been published, probably because there are parts of the story that individual authors don't fully understand. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I would, I think it's, it's important to be cautious when it comes to um right you know interpreting feedback from authors but in in this case i think given what what we have it's uh, it's pretty clear and that and that also being said i think everybody at bungie for the most part knows that that story is john goff's baby yeah so they will try to respect <laughs> it as much as possible and john goff has even pointed it out himself and 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 mention that don't touch my baby basically (laughs) has he so yeah so he's made it pretty clear he's he's a good he's a great guy but yeah i mean anything can happen and never expect or you know assume (laughs) that anything will stay the way it was written i i find it amazingly ironic though that seth is the one that said when you put something out there you're kind of giving it up for everyone and they're gonna take it how they want (laughs) to take it when seth is also the one who wrote the contingency plan for rasputin to shoot the traveler if it needed to which it didn't and everyone said oh my god that is rasputin shot the traveler and then he spent like days on reddit saying no like stop oh yeah i remember yeah yeah I know it's it, it is interesting because like of all of the writers of Destiny, I think um, Seth Dickinson is one of the ones who's kind of more involved in responding to feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, he has a very personal connection with how we perceive, like with the audience, as yeah. far as taking things. Uh, you know, he he has how do I put this? He has a very emotionally invested. Uh, sensibility about him when it comes to our destiny community. Hmm. Yeah, he's another great guy. 
Yeah. Yeah, he is. I, I actually really, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, when you look at the, the Books of Sorrow, but also um, the unveiling, mm-hmm. uh, I think the unveiling, I know we're here to talk about a different a different book, but I just I just can't get over how, like, the, the, the unveiling gives us such a brilliant perspective on the 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 motivations behind the darkness mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah anyway i really like um sorry truth <laughs> truth to power though just to kind of go back to that one yeah because that's that's kind of the book that just keeps on giving because like there's a lot of like um you can do like a lot of checks on that through with that book you know mm-hmm. like like recently i was talking about like I kind of wish we listened to Zavala and didn't go off on this quest to get revenge for Cade's death and Forsaken because mm. everything that we did just got erased. Fickrel can't die, so he comes back to life. Fickrel can bring back the Scorn Barons to life, so he brings them back to life. Aldrin became a guardian, so Aldrin comes back to life. And then we open the Dreaming City, go in and kill Riven, and like it says in Truth to Power, can you imagine the the unified will of six god killers in front of this thing, how it feasted on you? It's like, we messed up so hard on that. And it's like, it's it's something that you know, a year later, it took me to realize, mm-hmm. and it's it's like God damn. Yeah, it's, I, I actually, I I really wish that um, you know, one of the frustrating things about Truth to Power is the fact that it it all came out so quickly, um, slowly. No, I mean how how so many people got it, like a lot of people in the community who who wanted to to avoid spoilers you know um struggled mm. because people got it so quick like you know yeah um through i mean you know i i always try really hard to make sure that we only publish things on the ishtar collective that like allowed to be published mm-hmm. you know um and that was a, a, a just a, a genuine mistake on bungie's side that a lot of that stuff should have been marked as redacted but it wasn't so a lot of stuff was pu- published on the Ishtar Collective earlier than it should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then there was a lot fault. of stuff. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I am a lot more careful now when 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 I get something that looks like maybe I shouldn't. Have yeah. It. I take my I take longer to publish it than I used to, um, which is a little bit of a gatekeeper. It's kind of. Yeah. Well, I, I don't I don't want to be. You know, like I, I like the way that I see it is that everything um so so the the reason that i think that's a, a real a real shame about truth to power is that the plan in publishing it was that every 3 weeks it would give the community a different perspective that might contradict the the theories that they that they'd come up with the previous week yeah. or the previous right. 3 weeks 3 weeks previous and the that 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 didn't happen, and I know Seth was quite frustrated about that. You know, he he yeah, tweeted yeah. that like this this wasn't how they expected the book would um, published. Yeah, it's cause... very different to the other law books in that you know, like it, the goal with Truth to Power was not to get the whole book at once. It was to get the book, you know, three weeks each page every three weeks, mm-hmm. and that and that and and th- th- they wrote it with that in mind. Um, 
So yeah. They wanted they wanted discussion between the next release. They wanted to say, exactly. "What does this mean yeah. now? What does this mean now?" And with everything just kind of coming out at once, easily find found by many people, it just became very difficult. And you know, like there were people in in, in the lore community that like talked about it, not realizing because this was like the first time it's ever been done. And mm-hmm. they talked about it early. They they put out a theory early and that only escalates the issue. And then it's like, Oh, we got to retract all that. Like, let's try to be respectful of what the, the writer's intention yeah. was. And you know, that's just what it is. It's just, it's just yeah. trying to be respectful f- full of them. Cause they are respectful of us. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, the Phoenix. Yeah. So we are on six foundations part one. And this one is awesome because this is when Osiris and Saint-14 become boyfriends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. (laughs) What? Are we going to do that? I mean, they absolutely are. (gasps) I'm just saying. Okay. (laughs) Look. Osiris goes to the city and meets (sighs) Saint-14. And Saint says, I will be your friend. Come sit, eat. There is enough for you to join us. I am Saint 14. And then they got married. (laughs) They don't mention that in the book, but you know, you have to read between the lines. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all we ever do. It's the subtext. Yeah. (laughs) When it says foundations, bro down on Broadway. It's the foundations (laughs) of our happy marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Shax did marry us all, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he, he wanted to. <laughs> Shax gets around. Yeah. I don't he's, think... not, he's not fussy. No. <laughs> I admire so, that. Yeah, Saint, me too. At this point in time, Saint was already saved by us, right? Uh, yes. He okay. must have been, because we show him the vision... In the um, of what the city the was first... gonna be. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So this is in the city. Um, Satan is there. He's the guardian, and he's the greatest titan that ever lived. I don't mean to like say that like like other people put things in quotes. I'm 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 literally quoting him. Um, you know, he was a very great titan. He was very powerful. He was very strong. And here he is in the city making soup that isn't very good. <laughs> Wait, I mean, it's not. It might be good. Does this taste well. burnt to you? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so that's just a difference of opinion. He's literally Bender cooking. <laughs> uh, well, he is a he is a robot. Look, yeah. when they rolled the dice for his attributes, he didn't get them all. Yeah. That's. But yeah. I just I like the the this image that he. He's not us, you know? We are like, when's the next raid? When's the next dungeon? When's the next big thing that I can go do? And Saint-14 is trying to be us. And to be us, he thinks that he needs to tend to the smallest people in the city. And I think that is amazing of Saint-14. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a nice... It's a nice... I, I don't know, it makes you It makes you understand why... Um. That there are that the, the, from what we understand in the law, the people love Saint Fourteen, mm-hmm. and this it kind of explains part of that. The fact that 
the the guard, the, you know, a lot of the things I remember in in one of the the D one uh, grimoire cards, you know, it kind of say that 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 some people in the city are like afraid of guardians because they're these immortal oh, yeah. beings, you mm. know, and. Sin fourteen really kind of um, represents the the human side, and mm. I did wonder when I read this, after the events that happen on on Mercury where we we go, he kind of said, you know, Sin fourteen says, um, I don't know if I'm like if I'm cut out for this, mm. proxy, you know, he, he says something like that, and I wondered if, after that, he kind of thought, you know, I do need to think about the other side of. Mm. Like like the reason that we're doing all of this, that the actual the individual people and helping them direct. Yeah, because until then it was it wasn't about helping everyone. It was about helping the people that are in front of you right this moment. He was trying to get those people somewhere safe because they needed the help right then and there. But the city is the beacon that everyone should come to to be safe at. That's everyone that you see and everyone that you don't see. And that's why he's there, right where people walk in. They walk in, they're probably hungry. They've just been on the road for so long. And he's there to make sure that they're they're going to be fine and that they feel safe. Yeah. Saint's awesome. He yeah. is awesome. Well, you know, his... Uh, I mean, a lot of who he is <clears throat> was also because of the speaker. Well, that comes later, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. But, I mean, he's Saint-14, I don't know that Exos remember their name. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Alright. <laughs> so now we are on eight, the observer effect. This is about the halfway point. Yep. Wow. We good. Alright. So we are on eight uh observer effect. Is this uh this is six fronts. Uh, this is the start of well. This is part of Six Fronts. Yes. Do you want, do you want to talk about it? Because this is what you were really a fan of. Yeah, I I kind of do, but there's there's a few things that I didn't understand, and they mainly revolved around what I don't know what's what, what's all this what's all this world about. I didn't understand that when I read through it. I was like, why Saint Fourteen barrels through drifting wool tufts, dyed in now dispersed polychromatic patterns. What's the deal with that? Do you mean the wool? The wool. What's the deal with the wool? What about it? Where, where did, where's all this dyed wool from? Well, the fallen, right? What? Wait. Okay. Yeah. What? What? Why are there tumbleweeds of wool? I don't. I don't know. It's just. I. I when I started reading this, I was like, okay, maybe. Like first line. Okay, maybe he is in some sort of factory where they make clothes. Okay? Oh. And then a detachment of the firebreak order had overextended their hold in the. And I was. Okay, so maybe he's not in a factory. What is going on? He emerges at a ridge top on the western border, ribbons. Oh, ribbons of wool still clinging to his armor like yeah. kaleidoscopic streaks. Still no explanation where they came from, though. <laughs> Covered in wool. <laughs> Matt Grundy says, I've never sheared a drag. That's how Saint 14 starts every battle. All those House of Dusk dregs. 
He shares them and then he just runs through them like cologne. So, um, yeah, so Saint 14 is on a, on a ridge. Firebreak Order have, have made it an error and eight of them are dead. Um, yeah. But the ghosts are still alive. Mm-hmm. So they're not they're not dead dead. Um and then Elric so Elric is a member of the of the Firebreak Order, right? Yeah, she was the ninth. Eight were dead, one was missing, Elric the ninth. Yeah. Hmm. And basically she was feeling she? Yeah. She was she feeling was... exactly like Saint was feeling on Mercury. All was lost. There's nothing that can be done. And I really love this because this is exactly like what we had to do with him. Where it was like we had to show him that there's something to fight for. And obviously Saint didn't show her a vision of the future. But he he, he helps her gain the confidence to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, we need you, Titan. I can't die again. Then we will not die. Several tiny lights blip over the lip of the ridge. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Guardians. She sits up, counts them all. Eight lives. Eight that would carry so many more. I couldn't. This is a new choice. Saint-14 steps out of the crater. You are only what you want to be. And I love that line. Yeah. Elric stands. Hide now, little ones. We're going to get your guardians back. Nice. Mm. It's kind of it's one of those things. It's like it doesn't really happen in the in the game itself that you like. Like imagine if you know you go into like an an event or like a, a raid or and um you get killed and then your ghost has to fly off somewhere else hmm. to like hide. That'd be interesting. Or maybe annoying. I don't know. I think that'd be more annoying, but what I would love is if we had adventures that would be about something like this. Like, if on the moon we had this big adventure that was, like, supposed to be, like, the continuing effort to take the the Crimson Keep, and it's like, Mm -hmm. there's guardians down, but their ghosts are still alive. We need you to fight to them and then escort them to safety so that, Mm -hmm. like, so that guardians aren't losing their lives. Yeah. That would be cool. And it would be new as well. <laughs> it wouldn't be, yeah. go destroy that thing. All right. Okay, bye. Yeah. But at the same time, go destroy that thing is quite fun. Yeah, it is. It is very yeah. fun to destroy things. You're right. I was actually thinking... I was. You know what? Screw the, it. Destroy um, the ghosts. <laughs> I was thinking of the... You know the, the Shuro... Is it Shurochi? The uh, strike where you have to save her from being taken? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of thinking, it's convenient that the way to save it is shooter. Like with all, with all, with a lot of the other stuff, it's like, okay, we have to kill this thing, go and shoot, and then it's like we have to save this person. Fortunately, <laughs> we don't need to change any of the the goals. You just you just shoot her. Just you'd think her. you'd great. think those orbs that you throw at her to break her shield would be like a way to cleanse her. Yeah. Right. Right. Although then anyway. that, that wouldn't that wouldn't um, sync up with the raid, which is shoot them. Yeah. Shoot them, but just enough. Yeah, just enough. <laughs> shoot <laughs> the bad things out of her. That's how you do it's it. Like, it's like medicine, you know, <laughs> like you know, a spoonful of medicine 
that's that's fine. But like a bath full of medicine, that's probably extra fine. Oh, oh, mm. <laughs> mm. Well, maybe I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Neither am I. Don't take our medical advice. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, uh, the next one is Thin. Number nine. The thin. Stephen King movie. <laughs> the, the Thin. This one's pretty cool. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it right now? Yeah. Well, I just like the way that Osiris <clears throat> kind of engaged in battle. That's mm. all. How did he engage in battle? Well, Osiris burns a roaring visage against the sky foot firmament. Compressing endless nights, skeins of light twist and turn, hum. Charged sinews stitched through his muscle and bone. Myriad shimmering gold marionettes scramble to reinforce gaps across the city's defense at his behest. He's talking about his reflections. Yeah. Mm. Pew, pew, so it's, it's kind of neat that he can use his reflections as like holograms of himself to engage in battle. That was a um, a thing that actually happened. When we finally got the Curse of Osiris, we go into the Infinite Forest and we see all these reflections of Osiris. Everyone just like immediately snaps back to like all these past entries of Osiris where it was like at six fronts. They said that he was in multiple places at once. Was he? Yeah. Was he actually because yeah. of these things? And like on the in the reef with Eris where she couldn't look at him because he was too bright. Was he literally too bright because it was a reflection glowing and she's like oh what the hell <laughs> yeah. mm. and what so what was the grimoire card from the the speaker was it was it the osiris grimoire it, card? the one yes, where it, it said osiris yeah i don't know what that has to do with this but okay i, I thought there was something that, that said in there like um no, it wasn't. I, I I thought I thought it was in that in that card. The, the um the multiple places. Something. Yeah, but but I don't think. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. Osiris weaves inferno, ether and flame engulfing each other into ashen wake. He spots eight lights climbing the ridge. Click. A lone guardian crashes onto the ridge top horizon. Click. They will survive. Click. He turns palm align, and then it cuts the sentence so that's that's cutting back so this is saint 14's story and now osiris's story of their encounters at six fronts so i think like like to clarify mean, this is probably a really obvious point but every time he says click that's him moving kind of changing focus from which reflection he's kind of looking at right so yeah. how you interpreted it the same like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't, I didn't think that, but that does make sense. I didn't like really I have, fit. I didn't have any thoughts on why he was saying "click." Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean that that's that's why I think he's doing it. I think he's kind of. I imagine Osiris is like somewhere like meditating, basically, and he's switching between all of these different reflections, and it's like, right, okay, I'll. Yeah. I'll this one, do this. Okay, this one, this one. Okay, uh, there's something over here. That makes like, uh, that makes Osiris really relatable. Because when I'm playing Destiny and I'm like shooting my gun, I also go pew pew pew. Makes sense. <laughs> I go. I actually go click click click. 
<laughs> You're out of ammo. He was he was shooting the he was shooting Elric. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Click. <laughs> so the next entry is War Stories, and this is another one of those ones, but this one's like a full screenplay. And so I I want to say it. Mm-hmm. This is odd to me. This is a communications like report. We've had these for years now in the lore. And when we have them, they have their banner and it's like who's involved, where is it happening, etc. Yeah. Uh it assigns the people. It'd be like U.0.1 or U.1.0, U.2.0 and then it would be U.1.1 for when they say the first thing, the second thing, mm-hmm. etc., third, fourth, fifth. And this is just their name followed by what mm-hmm. they say. So, Geppetto, comms frequency no longer jam. Reestablishing hello opcom, welcome to Shax. This is Shax! <laughs> Was it loud enough? It needs to be louder. <laughs> Cuts off the ghost from saying, hey, welcome back. Is at full retreat! That was... <laughs> what but, a guy. Yeah. So it's basically just, they they won, and they're kind of um, breaking down what happened. Saint-14 says, thanks to my new, my friend Elric, you should have seen her. She saved eight little lights, charged dozens of fallen with me, lightning bullets. It was quite impressive. Impressive. Elric, you're too kind. It was an honor to fight by your side. And then Shax shouts, I'm not going to shout again, shouts, Shax shouts, dozens Saladin, I'm impressed, Saint. How many deaths did your charge cost you? Saint-14, <laughs> I did not die. Elric provided wonderful cover. And then Shax cuts him off. I don't believe you. Shouting again, of course. Saint, is that because you died, Shax? I heard the fallen broke your horn. And that upsets me. We were told that there was like a whole story about it. And now it's just the fallen broke his horn. I mean, like I'm sure there's still a bit of a story to it, but it it's a lot less grand than I thought it was gonna be. Hmm. Maybe it's a joke. Maybe he already maybe he already had a broke. Mm. <laughs> nah, probably not. Well, I mean, in so in that remember broke. in the Zavala uh, trailer that came out with D two. Mm-hmm. They were fighting at presumably six fronts, and Shax had both of his horns, and that was at the beginning of the fight. Yeah. It's true. Mm. And so, basically it ends with Saint-14 talking to Osiris. My brother, you you have fought hard. You should be proud. Without you, we, we would have been lost. And Osiris says, some were. So even though he helped save so many, he still feels responsible for those who who died. Yeah, you want to know something funny? <laughs> Just thinking about how Shaxx in his in his uh, how precious his horn is. <laughs> what? I thought it, I, I thought it was always so funny that in D one, Titans had a helmet that resembled his, but the horns were docked. And yet his his crucible handler had huge horns, so like he didn't. It view the guardians worthy enough of having a helmet that had full on horns, <laughs> but his handler did. Wait, what? So you say? Oh, you mean like uh, what's the our uh, sight? Yeah, has horns. Does he? Yeah, yeah. Like both of them? Uh huh. Oh, that's funny. 
But when he gives a Titan a helmet or a Guardian Titan a helmet, it had dock horns. Or there was a version of his helmet. Oh him. yeah, I remember that helmet. The the uh the helmet that was like identical to Shax's, but it didn't have horns on it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. I'm not a Titan, so I don't really care about their helmets. <laughs> that's why like it didn't immediately get it. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like <laughs> we should have a, uh, an R site and Dahlia episode though. Yeah. Actually, maybe this problem. I mean, the, there might not be enough. Yeah, but we can do like a, a multi-topic episode just talk about mm. some of the minor characters. Hmm? But uh, saying that, we haven't had any heard any more about them for a while. I thought it was really intriguing. Well, so, but, you know, there were a few. I'd hope that we would get more because you know, like last season, we got the last days of Crack and Mare, and that was mm-hmm. kind of like out of nowhere, you know. So at any yeah. point, we can get the Arsite and Dahlia lore book. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, I live in hope. Yeah, that would be great. I really like them as characters, especially because Arsite is just a, a, a tiny shacks. Yeah, <laughs> like that's amazing. Yeah, as he would say, this is amazing. <laughs> would he say it like that? Yeah, because he's a little, you know, he's a little shacks. Yeah, but he's not valuable. I mean, he's well, not everything. Like a... Baxter, Baxter, this this is this is embarrassing for you. Rhino is actually the voice of our site. Wow, <laughs> that that is embarrassing <laughs> for everybody involved. Wow. <laughs> well, right. I take it back. That sounded exactly like how our site would say that. Everything I do is what a winner would do. Hmm. Boom. So the next entry is <laughs> Breathe, and it is about um, it's basically the the aftermath mm-hmm. of um, Six Fronts. Yeah, the weeks and... the weeks since Six Fronts had left the city in a rare lull. Wildflowers bud in the light of the traveler. Um, and then there's an interesting. I don't know how much it's worth going into everything, but there's an interesting exchange between Anna Bray mm-hmm. and Saint-Fourteen. Um, and there's quite a, there's a, there's a nice little little thing um, where uh, Saint-Fourteen says, what will you do when we beat back the darkness, when there is peace? And Anna says, I don't know. You ever wonder about the other 13? I think about that sometimes. And Saint says, "I'm happy with 14." Mm. And I thought that was that was cute. Mm-hmm. So at this point in the story, um, what's not being said, I believe, this is where um, Osiris should be taking the role of um, Vanguard Commander, right? Yeah. Right. So. Because it was like after six fronts and everything, so the one after <clears throat> after breathe is Osiris is basically ditching his responsibilities. Ikora had begrudgingly agreed to appear in his place at the remembrance. Her words were stern, but deep down she knows victories have lulled in complacency. Um, I don't know what the remembrance is. That might be revelry. Not sure. You think it'd be like a year later, and Maybe, it was the remembrance yeah. of Six Fronts became what revelry is. 
It's possible. Hmm. Uh, but while he's not going there, he is doing what he did earlier on. He's meditating. He's trying to mm-hmm. uh, gather more knowledge about himself, about Guardians. I think he's actually trying to talk to the, the that first paragraph. Osiris mm. sits in the small stone garden beneath the trap. His attempts at communion unsuccessful. He had seen the speaker stand here for hours. Oh, okay. I, I think he's trying to, you know, as you read through this this entry, um, the, oh no, sorry, it's the it's the next entry where the where he's talking to the speaker. Um, Osiris really wants guidance. He feels as though the traveler isn't helping. Mm-hmm. You know, he mm-hmm. wants to understand what the traveler thinks the people should should actually be doing, and I think I think. The, he, he wants to kind of bypass the speaker. He wants to listen to the traveler himself, mm-hmm. which of course is impossible. Yeah. 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 And um, I mean, maybe it, maybe it's not impossible. Maybe if the speaker just gave Osiris his mask, that would be it. And it'd be like, maybe. oh my god, I'm a speaker too. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other, the other. Um, the star. Speaking of speakers, did you ever think that the House of Rain was the speakers of the Fallen? That's an interesting idea. I don't think anybody <laughs> pushed that before. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Definitely yeah. a unique thought. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's ever come up before. Yeah. <laughs> we should have an episode on that. <laughs> well, we should just make the rest of this episode about that. Well, we're coming to the end of this episode, and I'm not trying yeah. to rush it. But we're coming to the end because I don't want to stop on two more entries. No, <laughs> yeah. no. Well, I think I, I let's go to the uh, to the next one. Patreon fourteen. Um, no, thirteen. Because I kind of mentioned the start of it. Oh, okay. Um, this is where the 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 speak. So Osiris is sitting in this garden, and the speaker arrives. Yeah. And they have a bit of an exchange. Um. And I just think it's interesting because it really one of the things that I think we we got we we learned from the uh what was the name of the other book constellations constellations yeah is kind of how the the speaker you know he he doesn't he doesn't understand exactly what the traveler wants us to do he mm-hmm. just he has dreams and it's up to him to try and interpret those dreams. And it's not an easy thing to do. Right. Um, and one of the one of the things here, um, where is it? So um, we were so close. A moment in the wrong place. Osiris looks to the speaker. The speaker nods. Yes, but the light guided your path. A noose awaiting a misstep. I did mm-hmm. not see the Traveller on the six fronts. The Traveller dwarfs Osiris. But you did, my son. It was in the fire that saved your brothers and sisters. It was in the arc bolts that ripped through their armies. The violet shields that held the line. Do not romanticize this burden. We wield a weapon. The speaker shakes his head. The light wields you, Osiris. You are what you make of it. A glorious extension of its majesty in many directions. Cyrus paces at cadence with his words. 
then it, it would do well to speak clearly, to better direct me. The speaker cocks his head. Without will, then it would be no better than the darkness. I am only, I am asking only for guidance. It is a delicate game we are playing. Osiris's voice distressed. Regal again, the speaker motions to the stone god. Will you sit with me? And I think this is, I, I, I guess at the point when Osiris became the vanguard commander, um, I, I don't know if, if the speaker and Osiris ever had an, a, a really good relationship, but I think this, this entry does a really good job to me of kind of explaining the difference in philosophy between the speaker. Yeah, and it the... definitely does. Yeah. And it kind of shows how Osiris is taking a more um, realistic to him, as far as he is perceiving things, a more realistic approach to fighting uh, the perceived threats in the universe. Mm -hmm. And then he's, he sees the power behind the traveler, but he still doesn't, he's still not a firm whole believer not like saint you know where he feels that that the traveler is uh the end-all be-all savior uh as, as much as they share that it's it's got to be interesting for the speaker to hear osiris say this these things like the traveler wasn't at six fronts uh it was you use your supers don't romanticize right. it blah, blah blah and he's like i'm just asking for guidance and the speaker who actually gets dreams from the traveler it's like no like it's not that simple it's so much more complicated and you will never understand just how complicated it is and osiris is like i just want an answer and speaker <laughs> the speaker's like it's not going to give you an answer it's not what yeah. it's ever done it's not what it can do because it yeah. it speaks in a language that you don't understand mm -hmm. and i mean okay. when you think about it the the power of the of the traveler mm -hmm. and the like you know, if if you imagine, let's say let's say there was a there was an an insect, right, and it was able to to understand English. How could you you you, you like the the brain of an insect is so basic? How could they begin to understand the concepts that we talk about? Like you know, you you might be able to to communicate very simple things like food is over there, and. Mm -hmm there is danger over there but how do you how do you talk about philosophy and how do you talk about like like science and, and engineering right. with with something that doesn't have the capacity to 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 understand that mm -hmm. right and i feel like that's that's kind of our relationship with the traveler in a sense is that that, that there is the entity that is so much more than we can really comprehend yeah, and this does a good job of, of breaking up uh, all the all the characters we've known and kind of explaining and tying up that whole uh, what do you call it? You know, just that whole relationship they had with one another, and mm -hmm. you see how Anna's. I'm just going to go figure out where we came from and try to understand what's happened before mm -hmm. us, and then you know you see Osiris is just impatient and he wants to get to the root of everything to stop this you know what he feels is like a burden you know he his whole life and everything that he has around him is just it's troubling to him so he needs to he needs to find a way to get at peace with himself but i don't think he'll get it because you know he's 
he's impatient and he's constantly trying to get to the root of things and he causes yeah. trouble too for himself. But, um, you know, and then, and then we talk about how he goes into exile and we talk about how St. 14 goes after him and, you know, the speaker. And, and it's just nice that you kind of get to see that that unsettling behavior behind all of those people uh, and how they landed where they are today. Mm. The, um, the next entry is 14 patron. And uh, it's basically just St. 14. Uh, Stone laid roads lead St. 14 through the city. He walks them most days when he is home, when time per- permits. And it's just he walks through the city and everyone is happy to see him. Uh, Bread's token, wonderfully spun, tasseled, and bands of royal purple hue. His name had become synonymous with the Guardians, an image to be adhered to, to be revered. He smiles and shakes their hands. He smiles and accepts their gifts. Their joy is his. He feels the weight of the royal ribbons around his neck, drawn tightly by expectation. His armor is faith. It slips and loosens in transit. They sing together. He shares bread with the chorus of voices. He ties ribbons in their hair. His joy is theirs. They sing him a new song. Their voices shine bright. Mm-hmm. It's the symbol that Saint Fourteen has become. Okay. Right. They sing him a, a pain. Yep. A pain. Yep. A pain. Yep. A pain. So a the next entry is fifteen shepherd, and well, this... are we are we just gonna do all of them now? Because like, there's only one, two, three, four, five more, including this one. Yeah, that's what I'm I'm trying to get through them. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm just checking because I know you said you didn't want to finish two to spare. So, well, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like we can just get through them really fast if we all right, stay okay. on topic. Let's go. Um, go. We can do this. God, you knocked me off my, my rhythm there. Um, St. 14 is talking to the speaker, and uh, basically, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious about this one. He says, you remember when I first awoke? I do. You told me that I would be an example for others to follow. How did you know this? I didn't know. I believed in your potential. And part of me thinks, like, St. 14, after he was risen obviously he was saved by a mysterious figure does it is sam 14 almost thinking like are you the are you the guy that saved me yeah to the speaker yeah. it could be like I he don't thought know. maybe that vision of the mysterious character that yeah that saved figure yeah I don't know. and uh Saint uh, asks him, what will you do when we have won? The speaker patiently stitches the words together in his mind. Geppetto and I searched many barren miles before we crossed the Cosmodrome. She had given almost, she had almost given up hope. He turns to Saint 14. That little light knew exactly where to find you once she was given the proper place to look. There is no before or after, my son. We try, we doubt, we grow. It is all one path. Boom. And so we are so born. You, you know, there's that. There's one of the entries in constellations where this, the speaker or a speaker mm-hmm. is with, a goat and um, it's the first time the speaker sees somebody be resurrected. Mm-hmm. So I feel as though I didn't get the impression that that Saint Fourteen was thinking is the speaker this person who huh. who saved me. I think that this is more about the fact that the speaker was there when Saint Fourteen was resurrected. 
Do you think that's the same that Saint Fourteen was resurrected in constellations? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Not sure. Maybe. I'll have to go back because this this says it was in the Cosmodrome, and I don't know if there was any detail about the location in the entry in constellations. Mm. But anyway, I, I I don't know. But I do wonder if it's you know maybe the maybe the speaker was there for a lot of resurrections. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. Like when a ghost really knew where where it was, where where yeah. the uh, guardian was. Mm-hmm. The next entry is the beginning of because, like you know, in the other entry, they might have not seen eye to eye the speaker and Osiris. This next one is where they start to dislike each other. It seems, yeah. Where Osiris believes very importantly that he needs to be out to fight and learn and do everything that he can to prevent the darkness. And that means Ikora should be a representative in his place. And for whatever reason, the speaker is just like, absolutely not. Ikora cannot replace you. This is, she's not up for this, which kind of goes hand in hand um, with the comic where like Ikora was yeah. doing all of Osiris's duties and the speaker's like, get the hell out of here. I hate you. <laughs> like for yeah. no reason. Well, and then I want to say that maybe that's because the speaker recognizes Ikora's iconoclastic behaviors in her ah. past and her nature within the crucible and how much she likes to just go against the grain of belief. You know, she very much meditates and, and mm-hmm. participates in a lot of the things that, are rooted around the traveler, but she prescribes to a different philosophy. And, um, you know, mm. she's, she's kind of a rebel, you know, she was always a rebel. Uh, and then she came to terms with that as she grew into her mentorship. Mm-hmm. So I think the speaker probably has a, a slight disdain for her past and doesn't see her as a good fit to replace Osiris because of that, because it, it kind of goes against what the speaker is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. I've actually never thought about that because like I've known Ikora was like that, but I'd never put those two things together. Yeah. I would love to get a book about Ikora's past. I was kind of hoping that we would with um undying since she was kind of the um, NPC leader. Like I'd really yeah. love it if every NPC leader, like if they kind of did like a Borderlands thing where Borderlands will like pick an NPC and be like, this is your DLC. You're going to run it. And right. you know, we'll get more like from that. And if it was like, Ikora's is going to run this DLC. Saint's going to run this DLC. So-and-so is going to run this DLC. Like Shaxx can run next season. Like whatever's going to happen next season, Shaxx is at the forefront of it. And we'll learn yeah. more about Shaxx and we'll learn more about other things, but we'll also specifically learn a little bit more about Shaxx. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I said, this is where the speaker and Osiris began to stop seeing or stop getting along. Um, Osiris and Saint, however, are still brothers. So while Osiris is off doing whatever he's doing, Saint is covering for him as best he can. Uh, yeah. 17 transient is just, you know, they're back and forth conversations. Osiris, um, the speaker or Saint is, you know, saying, is that so? I suspected this would happen when your trip suddenly became longer. I will tell the Vanguard that your ship was damaged and has caused delay. Do not make me lie for you again. I do not like like lying. It upsets Geppetto. Additionally, tell Sagira that I remember her promise and that I owed a debt if she does not keep it. And so, 
this can only go on for so long. Osiris is off fooling around on Mercury at this point, like yeah. intensely. And uh, I, did, I did wonder if these were supposed to be D. But the numbers are quite far apart. Yeah. So three one two nine four three one two nine four three seven two nine four three eight two nine four four oh two nine four four one two nine four. So four so oh and four only... one are like immediate responses. I don't know. Yeah, it's just entries. I I thought it, initially I wondered if it might be like um, I don't know what system of of um, I think it I think it is years highest, I think it is dates second, yeah the second number the highest one is twenty nine but the lowest one is zero which makes it could it be days of a month potentially mm. but like you don't really you don't tend to have a zero day of a month and then yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 unusual. Mm. Um, but what I why the reason I really hope it is is because Saint on five seventeen two nine four Saint says that was quite the show. Where are you? And then Osiris, almost a month later, uh, assuming it's dates, finding yeah. answers. We will speak soon. And then two years go by, and Osiris <laughs> says, "Where are you?" Because at that point. Saint must have been sent to go find Osiris, and he was right. lost yeah. in the infinite forest. Yeah. So it's like a two-year gap. I I don't know. I think zero is part of their date structure. Yeah, maybe. Cool. Anyway, so yeah, this this is this is them. This is Saint covering for Osiris, and then Osiris is like, "Where are you?" And, yeah. and as you say, presumably because Saint is not stuck in the infinite forest yeah uh fun fact about the next one 18 blame people thought this was going to help them solve the, <laughs> the hexagon puzzle uh, <laughs> everyone was like why? read the book there's something in the lore and i'm like i read the lore there's nothing in the lore like don't yeah. don't worry about it and they're like but number 18 what does that mean right across well, a it, stone it, it reads like it reads like poetry it is poetry yeah yeah because then, that's what that's how Osiris talks. Yeah, like a nerd. Yeah, what a loser. And his his uh, followers. Yeah. Have to decipher what he's talking about. His little visions of the future. So then, then the last one is nineteen reunion. I'll just mm -hmm. read this one because it's short. Saint-14 watches vessels dip in and out of the hangar. The cadence of docking and disembarking ships finds rhythm in the busy city. It is routine, practiced, peaceful. A visitor steps aboard the Grey Pigeon. Geppetto turns to welcome them. Greetings, Brother Osiris. You are a welcome sight. Is Sagira with you? Hello, Geppetto. Sagira visits Ikora. Osiris sits on the gangway of the, the Grey Pigeon. He runs a ribbon through his fingers. Hello, Saint. Osiris, I wondered if this meeting would be with one of your projections. I would not. Mm, there's a gap. Quite the shrine they've made for you. Are you dying? Saint-14 laughs. It is good to see you again, brother. So actually, huh. That's now. Is that now? Yeah. Yeah, it's now. It's when he shows I don't, up. I don't think this has happened yet. 
What do you mean? I I don't think that in terms of the story of the game, this has happened yet. I don't because Osiris hasn't left uh, Mercury as far as I'm aware. I mean, just because um, he's just because he's an NPC there doesn't mean that he's actually staying there. That's true. So maybe right. maybe he has come to the the, the city, but but um, quite the shrine they've you know, made for you. Are you at dying? the same time though? When you what 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 quest was it? Well, just. Just to there's, a, say, there's a quest that that you finish, and you, and I think you could have only finished it finished it recently, um, where Osiris says at the end of it, hmm, you know, maybe I should go back to the the city. I haven't been there in a while. Something something I can't remember exactly what he said. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't that the uh, sidearm quest at the end. Mm-hmm. He I makes think so. A, he, there's like yes. a little throwaway line. He's like, maybe yeah, I should so... go back to the tower because he's talking to Shax and. Yeah, no, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Because so yeah. then we saved Saint Fourteen, we did mm-hmm. the sidearm quest, and then we mm-hmm. got the puzzle quest, which gave yeah. us this lore. Yeah. So yeah. this did happen. Mm. All right. And the shrine that they built to him is the the, the ship road. and the tribute yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. I read that wrong. I thought it was a shrine to Osiris, and I was like, why are there? There's no shrine to Osiris, except maybe in the past. So well, that's, his, you know, the Eye of Osiris me. is on the banner as well. So it is. There's that. So it could be both, I guess. Hmm. All right. Well. Boom, we did it. Yeah, we got through that book. Um, it's so a good book. It is. It's a long There's one. There's a lot of interesting stuff that happens in it. Yeah, we got uh, distracted. I like the... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I like the the detail that we get about six fronts. Is, is that's really good, and I like the um, the insight that 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 we get into kind of how the speaker and Osiris's relationship developed, and, mm-hmm. and it, it it just helps to understand. You know, it gives more depth to the reason why they didn't see eye to eye. Yeah. Right. Uh, so our next show is not actually going to be here on this Twitch channel. Our next show is going to be another special. Um, I think the three of us are all going to make it. Yeah, I'll th- be there, yeah. I don't think Guardian's going to make it. I think he I think he yeah. said that he couldn't make it. Um, it's going to be another quarterly lore review with a number of our other friends from Focus Fire Chat, from other podcasts. Um, I think Bife said that he can't make it. Yeah, well, he said he couldn't make it on the 16th. Oh. I, he, he hasn't said anything Maybe. since we changed the date to the 23rd or whatever mm. it was. So, yeah, maybe maybe he still can't make it. I don't and know. I think we were going to do it earlier for Matt, for uh, Mylan Games, Games, just to yeah. drop names. Yeah, potentially. Hmm. I don't know. I don't remember now. Yeah, we got to check in. So we will tweet. Follow us on Twitter at Loose Cannon Show. It's spelled like it is on our Twitch um, to figure out exactly when it's happening. Like if it, we will tweet exactly when we know exactly when it's happening. We will let you know. We'll tweet um, a puzzle. Yeah, actually, that would be super fun. We should tweet a <laughs> super hard puzzle. Yeah. Only it'll be like uh, where's Fluffy. <laughs> where's Ling Ling? What? What's where's, what's where's Fluffy? Yeah, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Wait. Yeah, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. 
with um, uh, Michael Sarah and uh, um, two broke girls. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna remember her name. Either way. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but yeah, maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Or, or more likely, we probably won't. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I just got a um, a, a a Twitch DM that asked if we wanted to be famous. I don't think we do. Oh, uh, no. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning Bye. in live. Bye. If you came in late, it does go up in an audio format, and that will happen soon. So bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.